Hey there! You're listening to Deadhead Girl Talk, the podcast where women talk about the Grateful Dead and other topics. I'm your host, Steph Terrace. I'm here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And one of the things that I do love about being a deadhead is that you can just go up to other people wearing deadhead shirts or Grateful Dead stickers on their car and talk to them, even if they're complete strangers. And my next guest is somebody that I met very much in that same way. This is Kim. And Kim is um, a neighbor of mine, but we didn't meet uh, on our street. We actually met down the street at the gas station when my husband saw the stickers on your car and he knew that I wanted to do this podcast. And so he just went right up to you and said, hey, my wife wants to do a podcast with women talking about the Grateful Dead. And you were game immediately. And we just started talking outside your car, which I just loved. So thank you, Kim, for being on the podcast today. Thanks um, and why don't we just start with you telling me a little about what your background with the dead is, when you found them and how and, you know, how that came to be part of your life. Sure. Um, so I, in high school, I was more of like a ska and punk fan, though my first experience with the Grateful Dead was listening to my parents' records getting ready for school as youngins. Um, we'd listen like the Beatles and Terrapin Station was one of the records that they had. So that was kind of my first experience. And then towards the end of high school, one of my friend Kara's dad was a big Grateful Dead fan. Um, and so he kind of like suggested that and, and I got like the greatest hits and like, this is cool, but still a little bit into my, my punk and ska. Um, and then when I got into college, kind of all, all changed as I'm sure with most people who experienced college for the first time, I went to my first festival. I think it was in 2007, maybe 2006 or 2007. And where um, was it? That was in Minnesota, the 10,000 Lakes Festival. Okay. I'm not sure if they have it anymore, but um, saw Phil Lesh there and just had the experience of the whole kind of that counterculture and people being one and coming together. And first time in my life, I felt beautiful and just fell head over heels in love with the whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um and so I started going to festivals and, you know, been to like summer camp and big summer classic um, and just have been, been a fan ever since. It's, you mentioned being able to go up to anybody wearing a shirt or a sticker. And when I was telling people the story of how we met, like a guy just walked up to you at a gas station and you were like, okay with that. I'm like, yeah, you mentioned the Grateful Dead. Like there's just an immediate trust there. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Um, I've never actually seen the dead. I was nine when Jerry died. Um, but I've seen members of them a few times and hoping to go to dead and company this September over at Pine Knob Mm -hmm. and listen to them all the time. It drives my roommates crazy when I have roommates, but, uh, it just brings a sense of joy and peace that I don't find through much else. Isn't it amazing how it does that? I also had that feeling when I first heard the music. It's something about it different from any other band mm-hmm. that I loved. And I had lots of, you know, other favorite bands. But I heard that music and I was just like, this kind of gets right to my soul. It just mm-hmm. felt so uplifting. Yeah, just at peace. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what kind of day I have, 
what I'm going through in life, I can, I can put on the dead and be like, all right, we got this. That's right. There we go. I like that. Um, and, um, so did you make friends through the dead scene? Was that something that resulted from going to shows and getting to know people? Absolutely. Um, there would be people who I wouldn't speak to or have numbers to or anything between festivals or shows. And you'd, you'd run into them like, Oh my God, how's it going? Like, I haven't seen you since the last show or in Minnesota. Um, and I'd always run up running into the same people and they're like, you know, these 20 to 60,000 people festivals. And somehow I'm still end up running into the same people every time. Even sometimes true. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like it's, I don't know if fate is really a thing, but it feels like a thing in that scene. I agree. And I have those same sort of stories of people that I only saw at shows and didn't stay in touch with and then would see again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that happens. Uh, There's a real magic to it. But it's how I met a lot of friends. I lived out in South Dakota for a while and moved out there by myself to go to school. And on like the second or third night in the dorm room, up to me and she's like I like your skirt by the way like are you into these bands or like the Grateful Dead and I was like of course and then we were friends for the next you know three or four years going to different states being able to just kind of bond over a band so to some people it sounds so silly like it's just one band like no it's more than that it's it's the whole experience of being able to go somewhere and people say welcome home or you can just dance next to anybody or with anybody and make the best friend for that night I never yep. speak to them again, but it's it's the same at every show. Well, and I love that you even brought up about, you know, that you were wearing a skirt that made her say, do you like the Grateful Dead? <laughs> like, that's part of it for sure, is that, you know, feeling that there is a fashion opportunity mm-hmm. in being a deadhead. And that was one of the things I did want to talk with people about on the podcast, only because that's a classic topic that the men wouldn't probably talk much about. Right. And um, that, you know, I figured out, I think pretty early on that that style was my style Mm -hmm. and it felt so much better to know that, Hey, this is a way that I do feel beautiful, that I do feel like I can, you know, put on clothes that make me feel confident and creative. And um, you know, there's not, I can't wear it in every setting, Uh, But for the most part, that's the way I like to dress. And I think, like you say, it's almost the same as the sticker where it opens the door to conversation. Right. And it's just so much more comfortable than like, I hate jeans, but like (laughs) I, I have nothing but dresses in my closet and it's just flowy. And like you said, you just feel beautiful because you can twirl around and I just, yeah, it's so much more comfortable too. So (laughs) Totally. And you like to dance at the shows? I do. I'm, I'm not, I don't like to get up super close. Um, I like to kind of, usually I hang back towards the right is kind of where I gravitate towards mm-hmm. at like any show I go to. Um, Cause I, I need my twirling room. And are you a twirler twirler? Like the people who twirl the continuously or just as you say, like, so you can put your arms out and have a lot of room put my arms out and have a lot of room, do the, you know, we call it the pick and fairies dance. I never heard that. Is that what it's called? Well, I think that's just, that it's what I've heard. It's what my group of friends have called it for many years. And it was kind of like a jab at it, but we liked it a lot. So I love it. I didn't know <laughs> that, but of course I do that dance all the time, yeah. but I didn't have that name for it. That's great. 
I like how you knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, that's right. We didn't have to describe it. (laughs) The pick and berries dance. That's awesome, Kim. Um, Well, one thing that we got talking about when we were chatting at the gas station was the um, upcoming Dead & Company tour. And you were saying you weren't too sure about going because you'd recently gotten, or I don't know how recently, but you have gotten sober and felt like the people you used to go with are maybe not available to you now. Um, And I wondered if you could talk a little about that, because I'm sure you're not the only person who's going through this change in your life. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I definitely used to be a partying festy kid. And it's a wildly different experience going to a show and being stone cold sober um, than it is having some kind of recreational in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm absolutely not saying don't do that. There's no judgment, but, um, you know, it just wasn't for me anymore. So it's at this point for me, it is a little bit difficult to be around people who get really kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found the, uh, the wharf rats, which is the sober dead community. Um, and they go to, every show you can find somebody there. They're usually wearing yellow t-shirts or have yellow balloons. Um, and it gives you a chance to, you don't have to spend the whole time with them. You can just kind of check in. Um, but it's, it's a nice community of people that are in the same boat as you are that know that past life. And so can know the kind of struggles of being around it, but still having the need to go see the music and be part of that. Yeah. You don't want to have to lose the scene just because you want to change your own recreational habits yeah and it's not it was kind of neat discovering that that's like the recreational side of it isn't the whole scene like that's not everybody it's a part of it for sure and it always has been but there is a whole other side to it and it's it's just as beautiful and just as wonderful and um it's fantastic and they're all over like facebook and the internet so if anybody's out there in a smaller area or might not have seen or heard of them before they're they're easily found yeah which is just terrific it's so great to have those kind of subcultures to support one another mm-hmm. yeah they're in the other communities too they're, there's a fish one and i think the jellyfish are for string cheese um they all kind of have their little groups and it's just it's it's neat to have that support for sure Definitely. So will you need to make new friends, you think? How are you going to approach going to shows now? I The last show that I went to being sober was Bob Weir, and I just went by myself. Um, and I kind of knew they would be there, so I just walked up to their, they had a table set up. Um, they usually do with the bigger shows, and they're like handing out candy and stickers and stuff. Um, just kind of walked up and introduced myself and was hung out with them for the rest of the time. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, As far as going to shows, I've always kind of been good to go by myself. I do a lot of traveling by myself. Um, So that's never been a a scary thing for me to meet new people. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, like the rest of the entire dead community, everybody has open arms. Yeah. There's no, oh, you're not one of us. Get out of here. It's just kind of, you, everybody. (laughs) Right. Because that's the thing is that we are all independent and together and that's what one of the things that feels so good about it yes you don't have to follow any rules but at the same time you can feel very much a part of what everyone else is up to exactly 
Um, I have only gone to one show alone and it was a really interesting experience in terms of just getting there and getting back. Uh, but I don't mind at all being at the show alone because I just close my eyes and dance anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to have conversations with people or whatever. Right. Um, but one thing that I do like is being able to control my schedule for when I leave the house to go to a show. Mm-hmm. And so it's so much easier if you don't have to like negotiate with a whole group of people. Are you that kind of a person too? Like you want to have your own control over things? I do. I'm kind of more so inspired discovering that I'm, I'm a little bit more of a controlling person than I ever thought I was. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so it is, it is really nice to like, all right, I'm going to drive myself. And if it gets to be in some situations, I'm like, okay, this is too much. Like I gotta, I gotta step back. There's nobody I have to like check in with. I can just leave or leave and come back or kind of do whatever, whatever I feel. Um, so that's really nice. And like that, that extended into traveling and I know it was getting a little off, off topic, but I was in India for a while. Um, it's kind of related. So I'll get to that. Please point. tell you the story. Um, so I was supposed to go from Delhi to Jaipur and had my bus ticket ready and I'm sitting there waiting. And as people are coming into the bus station, it's all business and going to Jaipur. And then a bunch of younger people going to um, Rishikesh. And so I just was able to kind of like go up to the bus stand and like, I want to change my ticket and was able to do that. Now, if I had been with another person or several other people that would have thrown them off, I'm sure. Um, but I was able to just kind of pop over and change my entire schedule. Because you didn't want to go with the businessmen and you just changed your destination to hang out with these younger people. Exactly. And it was like, they're like, this is kind of a fun city. Like come, come hang out. Um, and while I was there, I met um, Jojo from Wookie Foot sitting at a chai shop. So that Wookie Foot was this band that used to be at all the festivals that I went to. And so we, I just kind of started talking to this guy with dreads. He's like, oh yeah, I'm from the States too. I, you know, I'm in a band and I'm like, what band are you? And he goes, Wookie Foot. I'm like, no shit. I've seen you like 12 times. Oh my God. How am I meeting you on the other side of the world in a tiny town of like 1500 people? That it was again, great. Yeah. So like that, that kismet, just the, you know, that whole scene, you get drawn together. Totally. What took you to India? Um, I was young and a college dropout. Um, a friend of mine had traveled Southeast Asia and absolutely loved India. And so I signed up to be, I worked through um, Cosmic Volunteers and they set me up with Salam Balak Trust, which is a, a group in Delhi that helps um, like street children, um, mm. gets them into homes, helps educate them. And so I was doing that during the weeks for about two months and then kind of little side travels on the weekends. What amazing experience. I'd love to do another whole chat with you about going <laughs> to India. That's so cool. It was, it was definitely, it was a blast and interesting and eye-opening and all that all those good words (laughs) i bet well um let's just take a little break here once i had a girlfriend she meant the world to me she went down to deep ellum now she ain't what she used to be oh sweet mama daddy's got them deep 
Okay, welcome back to Deadhead Girl Talk with my guest, Kim. And um, Kim, thank you so much for telling me these great stories about your dead experience. And I also wanted to talk with you a little about your own creative life. And again, since even though you're my neighbor, we are basically strangers. So I don't really know what you're up to in your life. And could you share a little about sort of how you see your own creative self-expression being expressed? Sure. Um, so I have worked in restaurants since I was 17, so I'm going on like 17, 18 years now, um, serving, bartending, all those fun things. Um, and my sobriety, I am a bar manager. Uh, so I bartended for like 10 years and it's, that's, I think my creative outlet. Um, even though I don't drink them, I still know the flavors and the, like what goes together. And I love reading about it. And I just think Spirits and like gin in particular have such an interesting history mm-hmm. in the world and the creation of societies. I mean, it's been since the beginning of actual societies, that's kind of what brought people together. So I find it very interesting. Um, and I think being a bartender or as I don't like the word mixologist, I think it's kind of douchey, but uh, <laughs> in that respect, it's like being like a liquid chef, you know, you, you have to know your product. You have to know how fresh it is, what goes with what, what smells good. Um, that adding just a single meat lit mint leaf on top of a cocktail can change the entire fl- flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love it. I think it's very interesting and fun. Um, so I like to do that and I like to cook a lot and not using the recipe. I think I saw a meme recently was like, there is no recipe for garlic. You just measure that shit with your heart. Yes. <laughs> Speaks to me. <laughs> what kind of cooking do you like to do? Heavy. Um, I like a lot of cream and butter and garlic. Uh, all cooking should be done with lots of love and lots of butter. Oh, I'm glad you're my neighbor. <laughs> Come over anytime. <laughs> I'm not, I'm living alone, I, you know, it's harder to cook. For one person, so I'd be more than happy to have guests. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Do you have any sense of how your, um, you know, interest in the jam band scene is related to your creative life? I don't. I guess I've never really thought about it. Um, I think the jam band scene, and and anybody who's really honestly passionate about music, has a sense of creativity. Um, more so with the jam band or even jazz because those those extended jams take a little something more to understand Mm -hmm. than just like a three minute Cardi B song or something you know you have to like really get your mind into a different place Um, and that's the the creative side of your brain does that make sense yes yes and so one are you thinking at all about sort of, you know, having learned to do that as a listener of music? Do you feel like you bring that same sort of insight to anything else in your life? That's a great question. Um, yes. And I think part of it is just like what I do for a living, having the openness to, to talk to people and go strangers like we have done. Mm -hmm. Um, and the kindness that comes out of it is unique to, to like our scene. 
Yeah. Um, am I answering your question correctly? Yeah. No, I don't have any correct or incorrect. Okay. I'm just curious about, yeah, your perspective on it. Yeah. And my parents grew, I grew up listening to music. My mom always has music on. Um, we didn't do like baby songs or anything as kids. It was like classic rock. And so um, music has always been a really huge part of my life. And so is traveling. My mom works for United Airlines. So the first time we left the country, we were like nine. Um, and I think those two combined, uh, just my whole family shown like a, a good openness to, to being with people. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are not fans of other people. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not, but you know, I try to try to have generous assumptions and assume that everybody wants to be nice and be creative and have fun. Cause that's the most important thing in life having a good time. I think that's such a um, great way to think about it is to begin with the assumption that people are good people and they want the best for you as well as for themselves. I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like if we all started there, there would be a lot less conflict. Oh yeah. And you never know what somebody's going through. I mean, I've been through, you know, like everybody else in the world had my fair share of, of downs um, and so when you catch somebody maybe on like a bad day, you don't, you don't know what's going on at home. You don't know if their dog just passed away or they just found out they have some kind of sickness or maybe they dropped their donut that morning and it made them very sad. You just don't know. So assume, assume that inside they want to be good because we're all in it together. Man. That's right. We are. And that's what we learn at a show and in life. Yeah. Well, that was most of the things I wanted to talk with you about. Oh, except that you told oh. me your dogs are named Althea and Jerry. Yes. So tell me about your dogs. So we got Jerry um, four months ago, and he is a little border collie mix. Started with the name Jed, Tennessee Jed. Uh-huh. He just wasn't responding to it. And, you know, after getting to know him, he's not, he wasn't a Jed, so. Jerry, he's just got to be Jerry. I have to do Grateful Dead themed dog names. <laughs> um, and he's just the light of my life. He's got those eyes into your soul. And he's a little cuddler and kind of a dick sometimes. But he's wonderful. Uh, but he's a lot of energy. Border collars yeah. have a lot of energy. So we went back and we got Althea. And she's four months. And she is some kind of mix. Um, she looks like she's got some German shepherd shepherd in her, some blue healer, something else. Um, she's got the biggest ears I've ever seen on a dog and they just stick straight up into the air. Um, <laughs> she's a little rascal. So we got her to kind of help Jerry have somebody to play with. And now it's just the three of us and we cuddle and love each other and hang out and listen to Grateful Dead. <laughs> That sounds perfect. Well, as soon as they're ready, you can come across the street and play with my dogs. Sure. Yeah, they need need some friends. (laughs) That would be wonderful. And so do I. So I'm so glad that we've met now and we can get to know each other better. Yes. Deadhead Girl Talk is produced by Steph Terrace. That's me. With my audio engineer, Liam Cadle. Our awesome original music is performed by Sally Van Meter, Casey Groves, and Abigail Washburn, and engineered by Eric Wiggs. 
Art for the show is created by Lisa F. and Armstrong and by Sparkles Kate. You can follow us on Twitter at Deadhead Talk. <laughs>